Hello, everyone, and welcome to Job Board Geek. It's the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. My name is Jeff Dickey Chasens. I'm the Job Board Doctor. I am your host. And with me today, I have the extremely discreet Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter. He is the co-host. Hey, Stephen, how are you? I am great, Jeff. I'm pretty excited about the weekend coming up. We've got some great weather and going to my first outdoor musical festival in three years. And you can practice being discreet while you're at the uh, at the music festival, right? Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Well, today we have uh, someone that I've known for quite a while, Mike Woodrow of Aspen Tech Labs. He's going to be coming on in a little bit to talk about what they do. It's an interesting company, and in, in, in a lot of ways, they form sort of the, the unseen backbone of the job board industry, but I'll let him talk about that. But first of all, before we get into that, Stephen, I, I had something come across my desk last week. DICE had released a press release saying that they had a patent now on the taxonomy that they use on their DICE job board to help candidates find jobs and employers find candidates. And if you're not familiar with taxonomy, it's simply a structure that allows the search engine to map skills onto specific jobs and to map jobs onto specific skill sets. Uh, you know, so ultimately it's it's a form of matching. In fact, it's interesting. I have a good friend of mine that works for a very, very uh, large multinational corporation and his entire job in HR was to be doing internally for this company, building a jobs taxonomy so that they could do a better job of finding the people that they wanted. So the thing I thought it was interesting about DICE doing this is that, A, the vast majority of job boards don't even think about this sort of stuff. They're reliant on their search engine or their job board software or Boolean or you know, whatever happens that their tech department has come up with to, to this sort of matching. B, it's interesting because you don't typically see anyone in the job board industry going after patents. It's not a common behavior. It does happen, but it's not yeah. common. It's more typical that you'd see, you know, a Google or a Facebook or someone. You know, I look at this and I think, well, but it makes a ton of sense because there's there's a couple of things that DHI could do with this if they wanted to. First, they can just say, hey, we're the only ones that, that have this and it's going to be a competitive advantage. It's so great that people that come to our site, they're going to have much better results. You're not going to be able to get this on any of the other uh, tech job boards. Or they could instead say, you know what? We're going to make this a standard across the industry. We're going to get we're going to get all the job board software companies and all of the mm. uh, tech tech job boards to start using our taxonomy, kind of like what Google did with their um, job schema, because it's an advantage. Right, it will it will help you find something, and it'll obviously build the uh, the value of DHI overall, which is something being a publicly held company they're very very focused on. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. It's not something that I see very often in the industry. I don't know. What are your thoughts about it, Stephen? It, interesting. I have, I have a couple main takeaways from the the press release. So so one is just me being a little bit snarky. Uh, but let's let's lead well, let's lead with that because I'm really yep. good at that. I noticed in the press release that they quoted, I think it was the CEO of Dice, Art Zell, where he said something to the effect of that that they've been building this for 10 years. I don't think that's something you brag about in <laughs> this kind of context. There are definitely things that when the longer it takes you to build them, the better that people will uh, value them because it just it takes time. I don't think that with tech, having something take 10 years is something to be proud of. I think mm -hmm. that 
it probably really just means that they've been accumulating the data for 10 years and that they're making use of data that goes back 10 years. I thought the press release just could have been written better, you know, drawing on data points from, from a decade worth of candidate searches. I think that something like that would have been better rather than just our developers didn't think that this was important enough and it took them 10 years to get around to doing it, which mm-hmm. is also how how you could read it. That aside, it reminded me a lot of um, a competitor to College Recruiter, our company, um, After College. After College promoted very heavily its patents. And I can tell you that when we went up head-to-head against After College, when we were talking to employers about posting to us, very few of those employers would be aware of or mention After College's patents. But the ones that did, it mattered greatly to them. So I think it's a really great sales and marketing tool DICE was going to be able to employ. I am skeptical, Jeff, about whether DICE is going to be able to roll this out industry-wide and, you know, make this some kind of, yeah, it's, they're so focused on IT and I just can't imagine that, you know, 100,000 job boards globally are going to say, oh, well, you've got a patent on this. It must be great. I think if there were going to be a whole lot of job boards using something like that, I think it would have been what's now called Google Cloud, uh, which we use for our search. There certainly are many job boards that use that, but it's Percentage-wise, it's got to be way, way, way under 1%. Yeah, I I think you're probably right. But again, like I said, it was just something that was kind of interesting to me. Um, And listeners, if you think I'm nuts and there are, in fact, dozens and dozens of job boards out there issuing patents right and left, please let me know. I'm happy to be corrected. So our guest today, like I said, is someone I've known for a while. His name is Mike Woodrow. He runs Aspen Tech Labs. And Mike, I want to welcome you to Job Board Geek. All right. How you doing, guys? Yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Uh, listen, I'm, you know, I've, I've been very familiar with your products. I mean, literally the company was founded the year before I started consulting. And so I was telling Stephen earlier that one of my very first clients ended up on the job mount job board software uh, because it was available and it was significantly better than the other options that were around. I think that the whole job board software market has changed a lot over the last 15 years, but I think you know it's interesting how that's been expanded. So I'm curious, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the recruiting industry and how you got involved with Aspen Tech and why did it get started in the first place? Sure, I'll give you a quick quick rundown of that. So, so I've got uh, you know, 30 years in recruiting. Was an executive recruiter. You know, I did some contract recruiting back, you know, you know, pre-Y2K. So I came at it from the recruiting side, uh, the retained search side. And in the early 2000s, I decided that I wanted to kind of take advantage of the online recruitment space. So I launched a small job board that was a complimentary complimentary service to my rec- to my retained search firm. So that's how I got into the job board space. And I used some technology called that was Searchies. You probably guys probably remember those guys sure, back, I remember back them. in the day. Yep. And then about, I don't know, five or so years later, I just decided I wanted to upgrade my tech. And so I started doing some research. I met a guy 
and we launched a, we launched an upgrade. A few years later, one of the guys who I who I launched the job board with called me and said, "Hey, you know, we this partnership that I've got in the UK is not really working out. I'd really like a US partner. Would you be interested?" And so that's when Aspen Tech Labs got launched. We bought out some some job board technology and we launched Job Mount, mm-hmm. and that was where we started. We started as a job board provider, and we still provide job boards, and we've upgraded them. And it's you know it's a good little niche business for us. But really, our business now. Or you know, probably around 2010, our business really started to morph into jobs data. So that's really our our expertise is in the jobs data space. We do a huge amount of jobs data management, and that kind of starts with either scraping or collecting jobs data that some of our customers give us. So now we have about 300 uh, job board customers globally, and we monitor about 60,000 corporate career sites every day for jobs content. We collect that and kind of, you know, what you were talking about on the taxonomy side, we collect that jobs data, we clean it, we modify it in some ways. We might upgrade the the geolocation or we add um, some taxonomy to it. We categorize the jobs, kind of whatever our customers need us to do. And then we deliver that jobs data to our customers in whatever format they want. It's a great business because it's a subscription business. So, you know, and in the last eight years or whatever it's been. I mean, the job the job space has just kind of continued to grow. So our customers have continued to grow and they've added more scrapes and it's been a it's been a great business for us. That's really our core business, but we've added some some elements recently and we have some new things coming that could be interesting to you know, I think the industry and to your users, as part of collecting this jobs data for our customers, a lot of these jobs are in the in the public domain. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not proprietary jobs, they're in the public domain. If our customers give us an FTP or something, you know, proprietary, we kind of set them aside over here. But jobs that are in the public domain, we've created a large pool of these jobs. So we've got about 8 million jobs in our jobs database now that we call our jobs index. Mm-hmm. And we've got various customers, some small job boards who take a couple thousand jobs and some large aggregators who take all of our jobs. Some of the large guys want to have all of the jobs for their for their visitors, even if it's not a customer of theirs, they want to have that those jobs available. And because we scrape and collect the jobs from the canonical jobs or from the original source, we always have the apply link back to the ATS to apply. So there's no kind of redirects three times. And I mean, we can talk about that in a separate pod- podcast, but that's one of <laughs> the bones of contention I have with this industry is when people make 20 cents or 12 cents or arbitrage make five cents and bounce candidates around. It drives me crazy. But anyway, I, I digress. So we we pull the, the the canonical jobs, and so we've got customers who are taking that. And you know, why would a small job board take these jobs? Why would they take five thousand jobs or fifteen thousand jobs? Because they want to provide a quality visitor experience for their users. A lot of these jobs are not widely available because we collect so many jobs and we collect them. From, you know, we kind of have unique ways of collecting these jobs. We'll have companies that might only have 20 jobs. Those jobs are in our jobs index. So those jobs are not widely available. So it can help a job board like, uh, I don't know, only data jobs or, you know, whatever, engineering jobs or um, cloud jobs, you know, things like that. We can give them really fine, you know, finely curated jobs that they can use. 
So that's that's something that's kind of interesting. And then the other thing that we're working on, I think that's kind of cool, we're actually going to present at RecBuzz, or we're hoping to in um, in Amsterdam in September, is we're calling business intelligence. There's a lot of information that, that comes from these jobs. And a couple things that are interesting are, you know, Colorado and part of New York are requiring salary data. Mm-hmm. You know, that's coming. I think so that's that's coming. So would employers want to know what their competitors are are offering for wage data? We think that that's really interesting. Some of the ad agencies have told us, hey, you know, we've got 500 customers in the UK that we that we manage the recruitment spend for them. We would want to, we want to know where else are these companies advertising? Are they advertising in Poland? Are they advertising in Canada? Where else are they advertising so that we can use that for uh, for business development and we can go to our existing customers and say, hey, we can help you in Poland. We can help you in France. Um, not just in the UK. So those are a couple things that uh, that are interesting. And then just generally, what's happening with IT jobs in Omaha? What's happening with nursing jobs in you know the Northeast? Is there an increase? Is there a decrease? What's happening with that? So we've got all this data, and we're in the process of of standardizing and cleaning it. Unfortunately, we we grew fast, or maybe not as smart as we could, or took the ten years that Dice took to do their thing. But um, the jobs are kind of all in different formats. You know, ZipRecruiter wanted them this way and, you know, Dice wanted them this way. And so we've got these jobs that are different. And so we're standardizing them all so that we can kind of look down. We subscribe to uh, Google Cloud's product called Looker. It's a great visualization product uh, product that sits on top of data sets. And so we're able to visualize some of these things and offer that to our customers. So those are a couple of things that are interesting that are going on is kind of the, the large organic jobs, as well as um, business intelligence around the jobs data. Yeah. So we're kind of all about jobs data. So if, you know, we don't really deal with candidates and we don't do matching between candidates and job postings. It's just not a space that we've ever gotten into. But on the jobs data side, we're kind of always interested. And if someone has an idea or something that they're looking for, and we do um, just a quick sales pitch, we do a ton of free trials. So if anybody's interested, gee, if I could get this jobs data or look at this jobs data, would that be interesting to me? So we're happy to kind of share that with uh, with your you know your audience and say, hey, take a look at this. If this could be a value to you, great. Because again, it's a subscription business, so we'll invest to get somebody going. Because once they they turn something on, they tend to keep it. As as the first sponsor of the Job Board Geek podcast, I think it was entirely appropriate that you just gave a little sales pitch. Uh, so that's so I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, just a, a brief comment and then and then a question, Mike. But I remember when when we were together a few years ago at the what was then called Rec Plus, which is now Rec Buzz, and we were in in Barcelona together. We were talking about that the job feed where job boards can come to you and say, you know, hey, we're looking for more engineering jobs or more jobs in Chile or or what. Ever. Uh, and then you have a product for them. And that's a big issue for a lot of newer job boards where it's kind of a chicken and egg situation where you're not going to have candidates coming and coming back to your site if you lack job content. If people run a search and they get one result, they're never going to come back and they're going to tell their friends never to come back. On the other hand, I've always had a problem with going to those employers and saying, hey, we'll run your jobs for free for the next three months, six months, 12 months. Because to try to get those employers to then pay for those postings after that free trial is a challenge. So going to an intermediary like you and getting those same jobs 
from you really solves both problems. And, and so for the job boards that are struggling to have critical mass with job content, I, I would definitely encourage them to, to give you or your team a call. We've used Aspen for 10 years or something like that. And, and your team has just always been rock solid. I know you've got some people in the US, you've got some people overseas. Talk with us, if you would, like about what you're seeing as the differences between, say, the American job board market and Europe, Asia, Africa, et cetera? So there's a couple interesting points there. I mean, one is, um, you know, the jobs content, you know, the, the aggregators will give job boards jobs content, you know, paid content. The problem that I have with that is that it's not really curated and a job, a new job board, especially that they're, they're attracting candidates and they're using their marketing dollars to get them to sell that candidate to an aggregator for 20 cents when they don't even really pay 20 cents because they only pay on 70% of the click. So it gets down to you know 14 cents or something like that. You're selling that candidate to someone who does a much better job of marketing to that candidate with job alerts and things like that. So I'm not a big fan of, of using paid feeds for, for content. But then the flip side of it is you have to pay us for these. So you can either get paid a little bit or you can pay us. So there's a little challenge there for people. But I, I always say it's much cheaper to pay us and keep those candidates, ownership of those candidates yourself. But in terms of the difference in the markets, actually, you know, you mentioned we have people overseas. On January 1st, we had 49 people in Ukraine. So we've had a crazy year, to say the least. So we can talk about that separately if that's interesting to your your, your visitors. But um, so we moved a whole bunch of people and um, we haven't had any business dis- disruption because kind of crazy, you know, in some crazy manner, Putin decided to do what he did rather than mess with power and internet, which is kind of what I thought he was going to do. But anyway, but, um, you know, the differences, I think, is that especially the CPC market in the U.S. has exploded, you know, and so and the CPA market is more mature, but even as that matures, then the CPA, CPC market explodes. So it's mu- that's much more mature in the US than it is in Europe is one thing that I see the difference. So it exists over there, but it's not, not as widespread. In the US, there's just so much going on with it. And the employers are just so desperate for people. Um, which is great for the industry, right? Because there's so much advertising going on. You know that that's one of the differences. Um, you know, other than that, it, nothing really comes to mind about major differences. What do you see as the differences between the markets? Uh, definitely that the pay for performance, um, which is closely related to programmatic, they're two different things, but but often used together. I think another thing is is languages. You know, when 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 you're looking at the American market, it's basically the size of the European market, but we more or less have one language and they've got 4,822 of them. So it's a yeah, heck right. of a lot more complicated to do business in Europe than it is to do business in the US. And I think a lot of the job boards there reflect that. You don't seem to, you don't see very many European job boards, so, you know, serving that entire market. There seem to be a lot more job boards that just serve Romania, just serve Poland, just serve uh, the UK, etc. And I think language has a lot to do with that. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Mike, I had a question. And I mean, we kind of touched on this earlier, but I just want to go back to it. So I think two big things have happened to the industry. And I think they probably hit you as hard as anyone else. Uh, The first being the pandemic and the second being the war in Ukraine. I'm just curious if you can tell us a little bit about how each one of them affected your business and, you know, what has it ended up 
having positive effects for you in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, no one really wanted to use the word kind of pandemic friendly business, you know, but I mean, the job space, (laughs) certainly JP Morgan cut hiring, but Walmart and Amazon just kind of went crazy with hiring. So and Aldi and all these guys. So, I mean, our business has been up 50% a year for the last three years. And we, we traditionally grew kind of a 30-ish percent or whatever. So we've been growing significantly. So we can't really say it had a negative impact um, at all. I mean, you know, the, the business has grown and we've become more mature. So the pandemic really hasn't had an impact on the business. And then kind of the strange thing about the war in Ukraine is it hasn't had an impact either. I mean, we've got this really great workforce who care? I mean, Stephen, you've seen it. I mean, these guys, these guys, it, it's like their customers or their family. And so yeah. I, I don't know how we built this workforce um, like this, but everybody, you know, and I think to be fair, after a couple of weeks, people needed something to do other than follow the news when the war mm-hmm. started. So, and we never had anyone in Eastern Ukraine. We were always in Kiev and outside of Kiev and then West. So, I mean, we moved a ton of people. In January, we started moving people because I was worried. And then all of our tech is AWS. So that's all in, in mm. Ireland and in the US anyway. So tech was never an issue for us. It was kind of support that we were worried about. We started moving people in January. Then, you know, two things happened that people forget about. One is I had some people on a business trip in Portugal when the war started and their young families were in Ukraine. So mm. that was a problem. Right, because oh, good news! We had people in Portugal. Oh, bad news! Their families are in Ukraine. When they're, you know, imagine if you're of a young family, you know, and our workforce is young, younger than us. Um, <laughs> Not <so> hard. <laughs> luck, luckily for our, luckily for our customers, <laughs> but we kind of got got that resolved. But yeah, so you know, it's we we kind of pinch ourselves. But uh, everybody's been safe. People that some people have actually returned to Kiev, which is a little bit surprising, but not really. I mean, people want to go home. People want to, you know, I don't know if you saw an article, but that said today that there was a, you know, the play opened, some plays opened last night, theater opened last night or the last couple of nights in Kiev and movie theaters have opened back up. So people are trying to figure out how to live, but it's tough. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's definitely tough um, for everybody, you know, thanks to you guys, our customers and everyone who supported us, we've been able to really support our people and, you know, friends of, we haven't really like written a big check to the Red Cross. Instead, we've done things for local communities and things like that. And we really support Ukraine. I mean, the companies like us who, who pump money into Ukraine, that's how those countries I think have stayed afloat the last 10 years. There's lots of yeah. dollars and euros, you know, flowing into these countries to uh, to keep them going. You know, I hope that other companies will do the same thing and and not lose confidence and keep keep working with them because it's a great workforce. The country needs it. You know, it's really it's it's absolutely brutal. It's it's really really brutal. They're just they're essentially, in my opinion. It's not really the Russians, but Putin. I mean, they're just trying to destroy the country. They're just trying to destroy the country, and it's 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 uh it's sad because it's it's so unnecessary. It's very disturbing. I've ha- I have some clients from Ukraine, and one of them said to me, "It's like I can't believe this is happening in the 21st century," but it is unfortunately. Yeah. Well, well, listen, Mike. I I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's been very interesting. 
And if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, uh, how, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So just, you know, Mike at Aspen Tech Labs, our website is webspidermount.com. That's kind of our core site for, uh, for our jobs. They can listen to the ad at the beginning of the podcast and get some information. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, we're, we're having a lot of fun. And, you know, despite all, you know, kind of some challenges and stuff, I mean, the industry's growing. You know, I'd really tell everyone to keep an eye on kind of the CPC and the CPA piece of the market. That's interesting. And there's a lot going on there. If there's something we can do to help take a feed that you're that you're getting and curate it in some way, or you can figure out how to, you know, they can figure out how to do that. I would encourage everyone to to be there. And and let's also just remember the candidate. The candidate is the one that keeps us all in business. And right. so let's let's remember to think about the candidate and do the best we can for her experience through the process. We try and do that. And I, w- I encourage everybody else to, too. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And Stephen, if uh, anyone wants to get in touch with you, what do, what do they need to do? They can email me, Stephen, at collegerecruiter.com. And I'm happy if anybody's interested in sort of hearing our experiences with Aspen, reach out to me. It's going to be boring. I'm going to say it's awesome. Um, Mike's folks in the Ukraine, our experience with them, I'm just going to use a word that is to be taken in the most positive light. And and that is we, we refer to them as freaks. They get their work done ridiculously quickly and just rock solid. I, I just don't know where you find these people, but uh, but but keep finding them and uh, maybe give us a dozen of them or something because I, I think everybody could use them. <laughs> they're, they're awesome. Uh, Slava Ukraine. Well, we appreciate that. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And uh, that's it for today's episode of Job Board Geek. Please feel free to subscribe via Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever gets you excited. My name is Jeff Dickey Chasens, the Job Board Doctor. You've been listening to the only podcast that covers the business of connecting candidates and employers. That's it for today. And I will see you again next time. 